and welcome everyone to another edition of the final point the nba playoffs i i don't know i don't know what to i don't know what to say it's, it just seems like teams can't close the warriors out they get second chances second opportunities to be able to get back in games win ball games it's 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 ridiculous but before i get to that i was told that they want my uh, opinion on this NBA draft, and it was very interesting because the Pelicans ended up with the number one pick, and to my knowledge, I think they had a 6% chance of even getting the number one pick, and um, that was interesting. I think getting the number one pick, however, I think it, it, it kind of hurts the Pelicans in the sense that they cannot acquire maybe a top 10, top five player because they have Anthony Davis. And the interesting thing is that they could have traded and got the Lakers pick, who the Lakers have, who the Lakers have at number four. They have the number four pick. So now they could have gotten for Anthony for Anthony Davis, they could have got two top five basketball players in this draft they could have got two of the top five in the draft so they would have had one and four one and four so now they won't get that now because it's a it's slightly going to be a little harder for them to trade anthony davis i was just telling uh somebody the other day it's going to be very difficult for them to trade anthony davis now because his value was a lot higher last year than it is this year so they waited on Boston to see what Boston offers. If you think about it, all all Boston has is Tatum. Kyrie Irving's gone. So Boston does have three first-round picks, but I think it's like 14 and I think 20-something. They're down at the bottom, at the very bottom. So Boston has uh, 14. Boston has, yes, Boston has 14. And that came from the Sacramento Kings. So they got the Sacramento Kings first round pick. And then they got the Sacramento Kings first round pick. So they got 14. They got, I think they got 24, 28, somewhere, somewhere around there. Also, the Spurs have two first round picks also. So all in all, um, they just don't, if you talk about, if anybody's ever thinking they're going to get equal value for Anthony Davis, it's not going to happen. You're, you're just not going to get that. The best thing for the the best thing for the Pelicans to do is trade Anthony Davis now. Get something for him. Because if you get something for him now, you can build around the young pieces. You still have uh, a first-round pick, and you could probably trade up and get somebody. So if you were to trade... Um, Anthony Davis to Boston and get all their picks, their, first, their three three picks. Now you're talking about you have four first-round picks. So you'll be able to build with that. But the problem with Boston is that you don't want to trade for a player that's not going to sign a long-term extension with you. So it's a gamble. It's the same thing with the Raptors. The Raptors don't have a long-term commitment from Kawhi Leonard. They understand what they have. But they don't have a long-term commitment, which was a risk. Was it worth the risk? I think so. Because when you're in the Eastern Conference championship game, what can you say? You know, that that's that's that was an unbelievable move. I think they hit a home run for a rental. They hit a home run for, for a rental. They did. 
the draft is going to be interesting. I think after the top five, I think it's just going to be, hey, you know, whoever you get, that's who you're going to have to develop or whoever you get, you're going to have to try to move them to see if you can get a future pick or to see if, you know, you can move up in the draft. It's going to be interesting how things play out. Also, uh, Golden State, let's get into that. Golden State. Now, let's take it back to the Houston series. And what the Houston series was interesting to me was the fact that now Kevin Durant is not playing. He got hurt. Okay. But when he got hurt, it just seemed like the Warriors, it's not just about winning the championship, but it's also now about proving the point. A point that I've said on numerous occasions is that they don't need Kevin Durant. They don't. Kevin Durant needs them. Because you think about it, they were already winning. They they were already winning championships before he got there. He's a bonus. And it's a proven fact because they won two straight games. Actually, I'm sorry, they've won four straight games after yesterday's win. That's four straight playoff wins without Kevin Durant. Because he was out pretty much for two games in Houston, and he was out two games for the Portland series. So it's not looking too good for KD. It's not looking too good for KD. It's not. Is it looking good for free agency? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but I'm talking, when I say, let me clarify that so, so people that's listening to this understand. When I say it's not good for KD, I don't mean it's not good in the sense that, uh, I don't mean it's not good in the sense that his free agency. I'm talking about with him being on the Warriors right now. It's not looking good. Because the thing is, if you can win the way they have without Kevin Durant, why have him? Why commit on a short-term deal $30 million when you can commit that to Draymond Green or you can commit that to Klay Thompson and keeping some of the, keeping that core together? They really don't need KD. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a proven fact. And then now I keep hearing... Well, and I, I've said this in my, in my podcast before, was that now I keep hearing, oh, well, now you got Kawhi Leonard, one of the best closers in the game. Well, just a minute ago, we were talking about Kevin Durant. And when Kevin Durant was doing all that, we didn't talk about Kawhi Leonard. Now we're talking about Kawhi Leonard because Kevin Durant's hurt. We got to make up our minds, people. We got to figure out, stay on one side of the fence. Either it's Kawhi Leonard or it's, or it's going to be Kevin Durant. It's one of the two. You can't have it all. Milwaukee, I was telling somebody last night, Milwaukee from top to bottom to me is the best team in the East, and they've proven that already, okay? One thing I want to make clear about this is the fact that Milwaukee has the bench. They have the bench. The problem is everybody's got to be on key. And what they're going to have to do is it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But they have to be able to knock the Raptors out early, get them out early. Because they need all the rest they can get when they play Golden State. To me, I think Golden State is probably going to sweep this series. If they win game three, you can forget it. You can forget it. It's over with. But I got to give a shout out to Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green has shown something totally different. He's played extremely, extremely well. Um, rebounding, defending. That's the Draymond Green that we know. The guy that's kicking people in the balls and getting thrown out the game, arguing with the ref and all that. 
that I, I don't I don't think we we know that Draymond Green at all. I don't at least I don't know him. We don't we don't know that Draymond Green. Clay Thompson has hit some big shots. Clay um, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, they have hit some great some great shots, some tough shots, especially in game two. Um, I just think that Portland doesn't have enough defense defensively to be able to stop Golden State. They they just don't have it. And Houston just don't have it. So if I'm either one of those teams, you got to reassess your roster. You got to reassess it and say, look, is James Harden going to get us a championship? If not, we need to see what we can get for him and, and move forward. Is Damian Lillard going to bring a championship here to Portland? If not, we got to look at other options. Or let's not look at other options. Let's get a max free agent here. Maybe Damian would be willing to give some money back. Maybe everybody would be willing to give some money back to get that high-profile player that we're going to need to beat the Warriors. I mean, there's options. There, there's other ways you could go. I mean, Draymond Green gave money back so that they could they could get Kevin Durant. I mean, it's it's... If you want to win a championship that bad, you're going to do what you have to do. Look at Houston. Houston committed $140 million to Chris Paul. He's not worth that. He's not playing like that. So I say, hey, look, give some money back. Let's go out here and bring in a Jimmy Butler. Let's go out here and bring in a Tobias Harris. So with that being said, there's things you can do if you really want a championship, especially at the peak of Chris Paul's career. I, I think... At that, at that particular time and where they are at with their coach, I think you need a new coach. I think you need to get in, bring in a Tobias Harris or you need to bring in a Jimmy Butler. You need another scorer. And you also need to get Capella together. He need to work with Kim Olajuwon or something. He's been horrible. He has been horrible. I think there's one game where he just excelled. But after that, he just died throughout the entire series. There's no way Draymond Green... From a small forward standpoint, to me, Draymond Green is not a bigger threat than than Capella. How are you seven feet and you can now rebound it by somebody who's like six nine? I don't understand that part. I have a hard time with that. Then going forward, it's like all these teams think they can outshoot the Warriors. You you're not. That's their game. You're not going to outshoot Golden State. You're not going to this. They do this in practice. They do this all the time. This is this is like their main weapon. You're not you're not you're not going to do it. The problem is, and the question I have, and this is just to this is just a question in general. Why get a big man if you're not going to use him? It was like the Lakers. There was no way they were going to acquire Shaquille O'Neal, but then they wasn't going to use him. You got a big man down there. He's got to get some touches. If you got James Harden jacking up 43 pointers or 40 attempts, you're not going to win the ball game. Yeah, he may have 50 points. He may have a double double. But if that's not going to help your team beat the Warriors, you got to reassess that roster. You have to, as a GM, what's his name? Morley? He's got to do something. Because in reality, you cannot beat the Warriors with your roster. You couldn't beat them last year with the roster you had, and you couldn't beat them this year with the roster you had. And then they said, oh, well, if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt, game six, you know, uh, Warriors, the Warriors still would have won. That's a lie because it's a proven fact. They had, they had a hot 
Gordon, who was hot in the playoffs, and then they turned around and had Chris Paul healthy. What happened? The thing is, it's an excuse for Houston because they, they're, they're not accepting the fact that James Harden jacked up all them shots and shot him out the game. That's the problem. Shot him out the game. How many times have we seen Golden State shoot each other out the game and they were not able to bounce back? They were not able to bounce back. How many times have we seen that? And if we have, it doesn't happen often. They, what people got to understand about Golden State is this. They are a well-experienced basketball team. Experience plays a major key. Experience. They know what it takes to get this to get the job done at this magnitude. They understand it. They've done it twice in a row. They've done it three times in a row. They have three championships. So they know what it takes, every last one of them. They understand what it takes. No one else in the league, maybe besides LeBron James, knows what it takes to get the job done. Now, let's look at Philadelphia. Do they know how to get the job done? No. But you got Embiid sitting on, sit, sitting, uh, sitting on the podium on interviews laughing. Well, we wouldn't have got beat the way the Warriors beat them, or we wouldn't have got beat the way that the Clippers beat the Warriors. We wouldn't have got beat that way. Check this out. You lost, Embiid. You failed. And so the rest of your team did. My question is, how do you have Tobias Harris? You have Embiid, Ben Simmons. You have Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick. All can score. That's good talent over there. What happened? Doesn't make any sense. I mean, in the offseason, whether you're GM, coach, or the star player, at what point do you say, look, I'm in the offseason, I'm on vacation, but what just happened? How did we get eliminated and how can we get better? How can we be that team? How can we beat Golden State other than the regular season? How? Everyone else seems to see or everyone else seems to know the way to beat the Warriors, but Houston don't. Clippers don't. Portland don't. I mean, I saw game one and Portland played so bad that it wasn't even worth watching. And at this point, you know, television analysis people, podcast people, radio shows, all the big time networks, people seem to think, oh, it's a sweep. Get your broom. It's a sweep. Well, how can we not think it's going to be a sweep? There's just, they're not good enough. Portland's not good enough to say, you know what? We're going to, we're going to lose our, we're going to lose two games. At, we're going to lose two games on the road to Golden State. And then we're going to turn around and snatch up two more. We're going to snatch up two games to break the series even in Portland. They're not good enough to do that. They're not. They're not good. If they were good enough, and if that was going to be the convincing statement, they would have got the job done at least once in Golden State. And by the way, I'm starting to see a lot of fans, uh, all these Warrior fans. My question is, when the Kings were winning in the 2000, where was the Warrior fans then? When Kobe Bryant Won the title in 2001. Where was everybody else at then? Just I'm just 
wondering. Just wondering. Because I'm starting to see all these Warrior fans. And even the ones in Sacramento. The Undercover King fans. I'm I'm talking to those people also. Where were you guys at? What, matter of fact. The question I have to I have to everyone is this. Where were those Warrior fans at. When the Warriors were in AFC. And they had Baron Davis. And they had Steven Jackson. Where were you guys at? Matt Barnes. Where were these guys at? I've never seen all these fans. Never seen all these fans. Now you go all over the place. It's Warriors this. It's Warriors that. It's Warriors this. Warriors that. Where was all that at years ago? And those that are true Warrior fans, I'm not, this, has, this, this is the conversation not for you. But I'm talking about bandwagon jumpers. Especially the women too, man. The women be jumping, boy. They, I'm, I'm talking about. They be jumping. They rooting for warriors. And then you know what makes me angry is the fact that people talk about how uh, it's Northern California. I'm rooting for the Northern California. I don't care about none of that. If that's not your team, that's not your team. And you shouldn't be doing that. That's not your team. I don't care. If, if the warriors is not my team, I don't need to be rooting for them. Simple as that. I'm a Lakers fan all the way, all the way until the end. I've been a Cowboys fan for over 20 years. You ain't never seen me root for no Eagles. You ain't never seen me root for 49ers or Raiders, and I'm not going to. But I'm just saying that stick with your team. Help us all out. Stick with your team. Stick with your team. I hate that, man. You get all these women, they rooting. They got Curry jerseys on and everything else. Doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. I'm just kind of baffled with that. Also, I want to get to... I want to get to the um, I want to get to boxing real quick, and and I want to speak on that because there was a fight last week with um, Julian uh, Williams against uh, Jared Hurd. Now, let me start with Jared Hurd first. Jared Hurd has been undefeated for some time. He's unified all the belts, and and I, I'm not taking nothing away from from Hurd. Hurd is tough. He's a very tough customer. That that dude, I've man, he's he's just tough. But you got you 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 got whooped, man. You got whooped from 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 the first round all the way to the last. Williams upset you, and now he unified. He got all the belts now. And I like the way he took the loss because he didn't have no excuses. He said, hey, you know, Williams was the better fighter tonight. He was a better man tonight. I'll be back. I like that. I like that because it takes a special person to be able to do that. And it makes you that much better. I don't have no doubt that Hurd is going to come back and be probably better than what he was. I, I, I have no doubt about that, nor will I be surprised either. Then I'm going to get to Julian Williams. Julian Williams, I didn't think he had a chance. I'm going to be honest. I'm just like the rest of the world. I didn't think he had a chance, but guess what? He fooled me, and I know when he got that knockdown, I said, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, we in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, he's in trouble, and he ended up winning. He deserved to win that fight. He did. The judges got it right this time. Now, I also want to talk about this Deontay Wilder, Dominic Brazil fight. You know what? This is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. 
This is embarrassing to boxing. This is embarrassing to Deontay Wilder. Why is he fighting Dominic Brazil? He is going to kill Dominic Brazil. That, that fight shouldn't even be on Showtime. It's embarrassing to Showtime. It should be on Fox. That's what it should be. It should be in Alabama on Fox. It has no business being in the Barclays Center. It has no business being on Showtime. And there's no disrespect to Deontay Wilder, but Deontay Wilder is fighting a nobody. A nobody. We should be looking at him fight Tyson Fury. We should be looking at him fight Joshua. We should be looking at something huge. Not I, not this. I would have loved to see him fight Ortiz again, if anything. Because at least we know Ortiz going to come with it. At least. I would take that. But Dominic Brazil, you have got to be kidding me. He might as well just put himself at the bottom of the barrel or just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to the end of the line because that's exactly where you're going anyway. He is not beating no Deontay Wilder. I'm going to tell you right now, I thought Tyson Fury was more of a threat than, than Brazil. So what do you think is going to happen to Brazil on Saturday night? I'm letting you know right now, it's over. He'll probably get knocked out. I'm telling you now, he's going to get knocked out. That's just the reality of it. Anthony Joshua has been quiet. He's been quiet. Haven't heard much from him. He's been quiet. And that's cool. He's probably training. He's got a June 1st bout, which... It's going to be another knockout. He's fighting Andy Ruiz Jr. Wow. Hey, but you got to give Ruiz credit. He took the fight. He didn't have to take the fight. Somebody else could have took it. He took the fight, though. And I'll say this. It's not about fighters being bums. It's about, is it what's best for your career? And if it's not best for your career, and if it's not... If the timing is not right, the question is, does that justify you getting a title shot down the road? Because I still feel like there's a lot of unproven fighters getting title shots early that shouldn't get him. But then you got proven fighters out there that's not getting title shots. Here we have Keith Thurman against Manny Pacquiao. Keith Thurman, I hope and I pray that you're training hard. And I hope you got it together because you're going to need it. One thing I want to remind you of is that Pacquiao is a much faster fighter than you have fought in your entire career. Manny Pacquiao has fought Floyd Mayweather. Think about it. Everyone who's fought Mayweather at some point in their career either went back to being world champion or they're like Canelo. They haven't lost a fight since, and they're dominating the divisions. So now you got Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman said, look, I want Manny Pacquiao. You know why you want Manny Pacquiao? Because you know Porter's going to beat you. You know Danny Garcia's hungry, and you're scared of him now because of the fight he had, and, and he looked he looked awesome. So you're like, oh, wait a minute. I, no, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want. And, and here's another thing. Every time I turn around, I hear Keith Thurman. Keith Thurman has more excuses than anybody I've ever heard even speak. 
I hate listening to that man speak because he don't make no sense at all. You justify every loss. You struggle in your fights and then you justify it. Well, he felt my power. What power? You almost lost. I just, I don't, I don't understand Keith Thurman. I just, I don't understand Keith Thurman. Then I keep hearing the rumors about Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence. Listen, as much as I would like to see the fight, as much as the rest of the world would like to see the fight, Bob Arum is not going to let that happen. And this has nothing to do with whether we think Crawford can beat Spence or not. It has everything to do with business because boxing is still a business. No matter how you look at it, you got to understand these promoters have invested a lot of money into these fighters. So guess what? They're 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 gonna they're gonna look after their investment and they're gonna find out. Okay, is this what's best for everybody making this fight? Because if it's not, it's not gonna happen. As much as we want to see it, it's not gonna happen. It's still a business, no matter how you want to look at it. It's always gonna be a business. You look at all the fights that's being made. Like for example, you look at Crawford's last fight. Crawford. That was pure dominance. Dominance. And it's it's scary when you sit back and you look at the performance that Crawford had. It's scary if you're in the welterweight division. It's scary. Because it's like, wow, is he really that good? We're going to find out just how good Crawford is. And not that I'm doubting or, or even overlooking how good Crawford is. This is... 147. This is not 140. So he's he, he's going to get he's going to get his down the road. Keith Thurman, you're no longer going to be champ. I'm telling you now. Manny Pacquiao is going to take care of business July the 20th. Everybody's going to see it and it's going to be embarrassing. I'm telling you now. My predictions on these fights. I pretty much said who's gonna who's gonna do what Javante Davis Tevin Farmer I'm still hearing that that's not gonna happen Tevin Farmer don't want the smoke he does not he does not Javante Davis still to me in that division is still the pound for pound guy some people said it was Lomachenko until these fights get made that's always gonna be an argument Who's the best? Who's the better fighter? Who's this? Who's that? That's that's just it's it's a conversation we're gonna have for years until they fight. Adrian Broner. Somebody said to me, John, if you are if if you were part of his management team and you could advise Broner to do anything, what would you advise him to do? What I would advise him to do is do everything he can to restore his image and his career because his career is not looking good. What I would do is I would challenge all the people that I lost to because then you break even within your career. I wouldn't worry about world titles because they'll be there. If the fighter has the title when you fight them, then chances are you'll be champion. If not, hey, at least you'll be able to redeem yourself because, see, he's caught up in entertaining the fans, but he's not boxing. Did he beat Pacquiao? 
Absolutely not. And I'm a big Broner fan, but absolutely not. He lost. I gave him a round or two on the scorecards because I was I was I was hurt. That's why I gave at least two. Some people didn't give him any. Talking about he beat that boy. Look at his face. But here's the thing. It's not about it's not about how you felt you won. It's about those scorecards. It's about the way they see the fight. That's why they're judges. It's about the way they see the fight. So if they didn't feel you won, you lost. It's that simple. It's that simple. And I think a lot of the time, too, ego and ignorance plays a major key in people's careers. And I say that because if you look at what what Canelo has done, since he's fought Mayweather, what has he done? He's knocking folks out. He's winning the bigger matches. He's landing the bigger punches. He's winning the bigger fights. There's no doubt about it. Now, you look at Mayweather, for instance. Man's still undefeated. Man's still retired, so on and so forth. You say, well, why did he retire? I'm going to tell you like this. This has nothing to do with his body. This has nothing to do with him not loving the sport anymore. This has nothing to do with any of that. You know what it has to do with? It has everything to do with that he's domi- He's felt he dominated the sport. And there's nobody left that he needs to fight that would make sense. He came out of retirement and fought Pacquiao. Beat Pacquiao. Okay, what is, what's left? It's not Earl Spence. And what people got to understand this about Earl Spence is that it's not about Earl Spence. You know why? Because he's dominated the sport already. So just because you get a tough Earl Spence, what is that going to prove? You got to understand, Mayweather knows the science. He knows what's going on. He knows what you're gonna, how you're going to punch when you throw the punch before it's even thrown. When you have a fighter like that and fighting of that magnitude, it's going to be very difficult to win that fight. Then you say, well, if fighters knew that, why would they take the fight? You know why? Because it's the payday. It's the payday. It's probably going to be the more. The, it's probably going to be the most money you're going to make. It's just like Conor McGregor fight Mayweather. That was the most money he's ever made. Generally, that's what happens. That's why Pacquiao wants to fight Mayweather again because it'd be it. it he'll get another payday. It'll be another big payday. Again, it goes back to what I said five minutes ago. This is a business, ladies and gentlemen. This is a business. And it's not about what we want to see. It's about what makes sense on the business side. It's about what makes sense on the business side of boxing. I disagree, and I'm going to say this now. I think Devin Haney is an up-and-coming fighter. I think he's going to be a champion here pretty soon. Um, he's a he's a he's a tough fighter. He's being trained under one of the greatest trainers out there, which is uh, Floyd Mayweather Sr. But from a business standpoint, having anything to do with matchroom boxing is a mistake to me. If your dad, if 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 you're being trained by the greatest trainer. Who trained the best fighter in the world ever. Why would you not want to sign the Mayweather promotions? 
and you can still be a co-promoter. I'm going to tell you like this. From a business standpoint and what I've seen, I can only go by what I've seen, is that if you look at Javante Davis, he's living good right now. And he's under Mayweather Promotions. All the fighters that I've seen under Mayweather Promotions, they're comfortable. They're comfortable. And I'm not saying matchroom boxing fighters are not. What I'm saying is, is that they don't just make money. They're going to guide your career. Eddie Hearn is about making money, whether your career matters or not. That's not what Mayweather Promotions is about. And in the long run, Devin Haney's going to see that. And he'll probably come back to Mayweather Promotions. Manny Pacquiao, he's seen the money that Mayweather Promotions has made. And guess what? He's doing business with Mayweather Promotions. Leonard Ellerby. Smart man. Smart man. Very smart man. But again, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a business. This is the way it goes. And some people just, you know, can't understand, you know, the way that it, it works. And uh, I guess his name is Big Baby Miller. No one feels sorry for you, man. You know, I mean, you can't sit there and say, I didn't know what I took. Then why do you have people in your corner that are giving you things that you shouldn't be taking or it's not authorized to take or you haven't went through the proper channels to see if it's legal for you to take it? You're suspended because you didn't follow those guidelines. You're suspended because you should have known better. And they, they talk about the, the drug program all the time and they test you all the time. So, I mean, why would you put something in your system that hasn't been approved for you to take? That's really the question. And chances are he'll probably he'll probably tell you, I don't know. So hopefully he serves his time, gets back in shape, and maybe we can see a Wilder and Miller fight down the road. That is my time for, for today. We'll see you next week on another edition of The Final Point.